raised their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hey everybody, this is Suzanne Gallagher, and I have a guest today. Cedra Crenshaw is co-director of the Illinois chapter of Parents' Rights in Education. Welcome, Cedra. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I want you to start out by um, introducing yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about how you found us and what led you and Linda, who is your co-chair, Linda Samuda, to making the decision to take on the umbrella of parents' rights in education? Sure. Well, I'm a wife and a mother of four. Um, my three oldest children have gone through the public school system uh, for over a decade now. And um, very early on, I saw a lot of questionable and controversial things taking place in the schools. And uh, I'd say about five years ago, I started advocating with other parents in my area regarding some very radical views um, about uh, the bathroom issues. And I know this kind of swept the nation at one point um, where um, children were being encouraged to explore their gender your identity. And um, so we've seen where this has taken us in the past 10 years and surveys across the board um, that most people think this is a very radical view um, and that we shouldn't be encouraging children to explore their gender identity. And so that's what got us involved in, um, in advocating um, at our local school boards and um, advocating for um, the safety of all children and uh, what's right. best for all kids. And so... Um, and the public schools are for everyone. Exactly. I, I think we all believe that. And no, no one should be bullied in school. No. Uh, no one should be marginalized. And um, children's mental health um, should be considered. And that's the, the mental health of all children. Um, exactly. and so these, these type of radical positions... Ultimately, ultimately affect all of the kids, no yes, matter what they, they do. Think. And so that's a real, real concern that we had. And that's why we started advocating policy. And so what, at what grade level were your children when this happened? What, when did you first see that, the, the whole bathroom issue? How young? So high school? Yeah, he was in high school. He was still in yeah, high school. yeah, yeah. Because in Oregon, we're experiencing that in kindergarten where they're talking to the kids yeah. about gender identity. Right. And so it started in the high school. So it's, it's, yeah. they, oh, this is, this is great. You know, this is for high school kids. And now here we are mm -hmm. in kindergarten. Uh, 
you know, encouraging children to explore their gender identity, how far we've come in just five years. Exactly. Um, unbelievable. So what, what was your experience working with the school district? Were you satisfied? We um, tried to get them to adopt um, a policy that would benefit the, the safety and the privacy of all children. Mm-hmm. And um, they refused to do that. They instead opted to eventually remodel the, the bathrooms in such a way that, and the locker rooms in such a way that um, they could be used by whomever is identifying. So, so if you have a daughter and a boy walks into the restroom, uh, she's expected to think nothing of that. Exactly, exactly. And so whether there are partitions between them or what have you, the mere fact that there's someone of the opposite sex in that space where children are undressing is inappropriate. Right. But according to the schools, this is this is perfectly acceptable. Uh-huh. And normal. And normal, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on now in Oregon schools, I just posted something today to our Facebook page uh, that is going to be discussed this evening um, in the West Lynn Wilsonville School District, a very um, affluent school district. And they are remodeling the bathrooms in a grade school for both boys and girls. Usually what they do, they're doing now is the design is they have a sign that says boys on one side and girls on the other, but all of the students meet in the middle in the same restroom facility. Parents are pretty angry about it. Now that is going to require uh, construction. It requires quite a financial outlay. As you know, anybody who's remodeled their own bathroom in their own home, they know that this is not just four walls. For A bathroom is an expensive uh, design project. So they're investing money in this. And the fascinating thing is the instigator of all of this was President Barack Obama. Exactly. And he wrote this letter. His last year in office in 2016, the letter was sent out. And in spring of 2017, when President Trump took office, he followed that up with another letter and said, forget that first letter, uh, because it wasn't, it wasn't even an executive order. It was just a letter encouraging school districts to accommodate transgender students. None of the schools in Oregon are complying with the second letter, President Trump. That is a frustration. So I'm curious to know, because this is a, a typical story that we hear where a parent learns of a situation like this and then they say, well, I'm, I'm going to school board meeting. And so it's a wonderful way, way to get for people to get together. It's not yeah. really an, a, a nice experience necessarily. <laughs> the reason isn't, isn't a good one, but it's good that, that you met other parents who share your views. Oftentimes what happens is you learn about other issues. Right. What are you working on now? One of the issues that we had to follow up on came to some resolution was a video that our district put out on their Twitter accounts, as well as in their district-wide newsletter uh, promoting the Black Lives Matter organization. They did that this summer after uh, all the, mm-hmm. the, the George Floyd murder, the riots, all of that. And sadly, um, the video wasn't just a video, it included links. And in those links, 
It took you to dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds, in fact, of different links where you could promote to all kinds of basically left-wing causes, including political candidates, um, abortion clinics, and um, it also took you to links where you could learn basically how to be an insurgent. Um, a lot wow. of the action that we've seen out in the streets and in cities across the nation, um, like Portland and others, sure. where people are using these um, military-type tactics they're showing up with helmets and shields. They're throwing incendiaries like frozen water bottles and mm -hmm. using umbrellas to obscure themselves from being identified and different things like that. Um, all of that was detailed uh, in wow. the information contained in these links and much, much more um, to the point where I detailed it out. I reported this to the FBI and I reported it to the school board. It took several months for them to take down all of the videos off of their Twitter accounts and in the district newsletter. Um, they were in the district newsletter. And several complaints from um, that this uh -huh. was against board policy because they're not to use any district resources in connection with political activity. Now, the district, they denied, of course, that they, that they did anything wrong, but they did take the videos down. So um, that was a, for us, that was um, an admission that they were wrong uh, we showed them in black and white that there was nothing uh, nebulous about what we were saying. We were actually able to provide the links and the details of what they contained, and anyone could go and see for themselves. It was completely inappropriate uh, what they did. So wow. there, and we know that this type of stuff, the promotion of Black Lives Matter, which is clearly a political organization um, with political end goals, um, mm -hmm. promoting this has gone on across the nation. So I would implore uh, people out there, you know, who may be in other states and what have you, and in, in, in other districts in Illinois, that th that was just one symptom of a much larger problem. And the, the Trump administration pointed this out when they terminated the CRT or critical race theory training um, in the federal government. And for many of us, we may think of that more as the equity, diversity, and inclusion so-called training that takes place in a lot of organizations. Uh -huh. This is much more insidious and critical race theory is based on critical theory, which is based on Marxism. Black, the, the whole push to promote Black Lives Matter and, 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 and uh, different books and authors promoting quote unquote anti-racism and things like that, that's all part of critical race theory. And when you see certain uh, political candidates, as we've seen um, over the past few months leading up to the elections, talking about systemic racism here and there and everywhere, that all stems from critical race theory. And so that is another issue that we've been uh, raising in that we have found that critical race theory is, it's, it's showing itself, I should say, in lots of different ways in our district. And we know this isn't just happening in our district, but it's happening across the board. And again, right. go back to anyone, all you have to do is find out in your district if you have a, a diversity, equity and inclusion uh, director or a coordinator. And that person is basically in charge of administering critical race theory in all of its different machinations that it may come out in your district. It may be certain books that uh, children are reading, like stamped by Jason Reynolds and right. 
Hindi. It may be coming out in um, the curriculum that's being pushed. Mm -hmm. A lot of districts, they're pushing um, curriculum centered around uh, Black Lives Matter and um, you know, so-called systemic racism and these types of things. Um, it may be coming out in different authors that are, are being invited to speak to your children or that they're exposed to. Um, Outside speakers that they exactly. bring to the school to inspire them. And, and like you say, you know, the, they use the term uh, systemic, which I think is very interesting. I can relate systemic to things that I use in the garden, you know, <laughs> like systemic fertilizer or something that you put in the soil and then it permeates the entire plant. I mean, literally what they are, what they are speaking against, they are actually promoting exactly systemically it, themselves. It, it, let me, let me give the uh, explicit proof that they're pushing racism because I don't want anyone out there to think that, oh, well, you know, we're not for combating racism and, and things like that. Of course, racism is, is evil. It's wrong. Critical race theory literally sets up one group as the oppressor and the other group as the oppressed. And according to critical race theory, the oppressed are minority groups, Blacks, and so-called people of color, and the oppressors are whites. Yeah, so so basically they're saying the color of your skin yes. is which camp you're in, and so you are automatically considered yes. as being oppressed or being an oppressor. Yes. So no and middle ground. Really, is have, it? No middle ground. No, none. And we have direct proof of that that came from our district. Um, our district employed an organization called Pacific Education Group. And this organization puts on different workshops and training sessions, one of which is called Beyond Diversity, which is a two-day workshop. Our district paid over $143,000 for this over the past four years. And we analyzed the handouts from that workshop. And those handouts reveal, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the curriculum is aimed towards telling whites they have an unconscious bias against people of color. And that's why we see racial disparities in school. This is eye-opening information that we are hearing from Cedric Crenshaw in the Chicago, Illinois area. Tune in next time to catch the rest of this compelling story. This is Parents' Rights Now. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. You have complete control over your access to this information. And you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends and invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe School Summit featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. Check out events on our website. See you next time to learn more about Parents' Rights 
now.